0: the first 19 years of my life was spent growing up in Egypt. And uh, there, the vast population, about 90-plus percent of them, they live right on that narrow strip of the River Nile, because the rest of it is just desert. The River Nile has been there for thousands of years. In fact, uh, it's mentioned in the Old Testament several times. But what many people don't know is that for those thousands of years until the 1960s, the Nile used to flood every year methodically, systematically. You always knew in the fall there's going to be a flood, and the land is going to be covered with water. September, October, around that time, the land is covered completely. This annual flood brought with it silt which enriched the soil and the land with vibrance. Every year, that flood brought sediment that made the crops to be the most nutrient-rich crops in the whole world. That's a fact. That flood brought with it prosperity to the farms— It brought with it all sorts of blessings and and benefits. But what happened in the 60s, the government, in its foolish wisdom, (laughs) decided to build a dam south of the country, known as the Aswan Dam. As soon as that dam was built, the flood stopped completely. Stopped. The blessings that that flood brought with it stopped. All the glorious riches that this silt and brought with it stopped. And today they use chemical fertilizers and chemical this and chemical that, which they say is extremely harmful. The Nile still there, still overflows within its banks, but the flood is gone. The blessing is gone. The Nile keeps on flowing, but all the great things that this flood brought is no more. And as I reflected from my personal experience on this, I realize that there is a spiritual lesson here, a vitally important spiritual lesson. Because from a spiritual point of view, this is the condition of many believing Christians— You would say, well, how will that be? Every believing Christian is indwelt of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in you, just like the Nile is there. The Holy Spirit is in your life. But long ago, you have built dams and reservoirs in your life that had stopped the blessings of the overflowing flood of the Holy Spirit. Whether they be your will, whether they'll be your desires or what you want, whether they'll be your needs that you may become the focus of your life, whether it'll be your wants, whether it'll be your plans that you are insisting on, those are dams that are built, those reservoirs are built in your life that had stopped the flow of the Holy Spirit of God. Now, to be sure, the Holy Spirit still indwells you. You're still saved. Nothing changed, just like the Nile is flowing between its banks. But long ago, there are so many believing Christians who have ceased to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God, and have ceased to constantly and daily and moment by moment, to allow the Holy Spirit of God to fill them. We saw in the last two messages how the Holy Spirit brings us to salvation. We saw in the last message how the Holy Spirit seals every believer in Jesus Christ. And He seals us for ownership. He seals us for eternal security. And He seals us for authenticity. But I want you to listen carefully, please. After the Holy Spirit saves us, after the Holy Spirit seals us, He longs for you who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord— to be daily filled with the Holy Spirit, to be flooded with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Every believer is saved. Every believer is sealed by the Holy Spirit. But not every Christian believer is filled with the Holy Spirit because the Bible commands us, be ye filled of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say, please just be filled if you feel like it. It's a command. It's in the imperative mood. And yet, Very few Christians obey this command. Do you know why? Because being filled with the Holy Spirit means that you must allow Him to completely take possession of all that is you. And that's not something we are thrilled about. We don't easily want to relinquish control of our lives. We don't easily want to give up the reins of our lives. We don't easily want to move out of the driver's seat. Not only that, but we have something else that is really going against us, particularly in this culture. Ever since your children growing up in this culture, we are told by the media, by the motivational speakers, uh, by the educators, business leaders, from every direction, we heard a contradictory message, and the message said… Be in control of your life. Take charge of your life. You must be the captain of your ship. And so we are bombarded with a message that is contrary to the message of the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit of God is saying, relinquish that control to me if you want to be blessed in your life. In fact, the Bible in the New Testament, there are 14 different times you hear about the filling of the Holy Spirit. 14 times. Every time, that talks about the filling of the Holy Spirit, it is conditional. You say, conditional on what? Conditional on yielding our all to His leadership. Conditioning on my not habitually quenching the Holy Spirit. Conditional on my not habitually grieving the Holy Spirit. I'm going to explain that in a minute. Conditional upon me seeking His glory, not mine, every moment of every day. Now, you must understand the difference between sealing of the Holy Spirit and being filled of the Holy Spirit. Two different things altogether. Every believer is sealed, but not every believer is filled. When the Holy Spirit came into your life and opened your internal set of eyes, your spiritual eyes, and recognized that you're a sinner and you desperately need the Savior, and you came in confession and repentance and faith, you had nothing to do with that. That was a gift from God. When the Holy Spirit came after you confessed Christ and came to dwell in you, you had nothing to do with that. That was a gift from God. And then, when the Holy Spirit came and sealed you for ownership and for eternal security and for authenticity, you had nothing to do with that. That was a gift from God. Ah, but the filling of the holy spirit requires your active involvement let me show it to you from the scripture first corinthians chapter 12 verse 13 first corinthians chapter 12 verse 13 for we were all question who is the all okay. All the believers, all the believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we were all baptized by the one Spirit. That's the sealing of the Spirit. Baptism and sealing used interchangeably. We were all baptized by the one Spirit into one body. And we are all, here it is again, all given the one Spirit to drink. That's salvation. That's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's the sealing of the Holy Spirit. But what about the filling of the Holy Spirit? Well, that's in another place. I want you to turn to Ephesians 5.18. Ephesians 5.18. Do not give way to drunkenness, which leads to debauchery, but instead, instead of what? Instead of drunkenness, Do what? Be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. Why in the world is Paul contrasting being drunk with the being filled of the Holy Spirit? I'm going to tell you why. It's vitally important. It's an incredible contrast. Because the choice is yours. You can either live under the influence of alcohol or any substance that you put into your body, or you can live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You cannot have both. The choice is yours. Drunkenness kills. The Spirit gives life. Drunkenness deceives, but the Holy Spirit enlightens. Drunkenness impairs your faculties, but the Holy Spirit gives you power and sensitivity. Drunkenness will lead you to other sins, but the Holy Spirit gives you victory over all your sins. Drunkenness leads you to enslavement, to alcohol, or whatever substance you might take, but the Holy Spirit liberates you and sets you free. It's a contrast between the two. Amen. Give God glory. So, what does it mean to be filled of the Holy Spirit? I'm going to answer the question, but before I answer that question, I'm going to tell you about the two things that's going to stop you from being filled of the Holy Spirit. And they're in the Scripture again. Now, my opinion, so Word of God. Two things. One is found First Thessalonians. Chapter five, verse nineteen. It is quenching of the Holy Spirit, and the second thing that's going to stop you from being filled with the Holy Spirit is found in Ephesians four thirty, and that is grieving of the Holy Spirit. Quenching and grieving, two different things, because either of them or both of them is going to stop you from being filled with the Holy Spirit and you're going to live in a dry land spiritually. In fact, there's a danger of continuously resisting the inner filling of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you more about that. Well, first the quenching. What is that quenching of the Holy Spirit? With well, the word to quench means to suppress or to stifle. It's actually the same word used when you snuff a candle. That's what it means. Snuffing a candle quenching that candle. And you say, Michael, (laughs) you've been talking about the Holy Spirit, and you've been telling us that He is the supernatural power, the third member of the Trinity, that He is eternal, that He is mighty, that He is the very breath of Jesus. He is the Spirit of the Lord. How can I, mere mortal, snuff the Holy Spirit? (laughs) You don't snuff the person of the Holy Spirit, but you snuff the voice of the Holy Spirit that's speaking to you. To quench His voice in your life is to turn a deaf ear to Him. How? By refusing to yield to Him. By refusing to give in to His will and demand yours. Let me illustrate this. What happens when a husband and wife become intransigent in their difference? With one another. He said, That doesn't happen in my house, so I'd love to come and visit you. Uh. What happens when neither of them refuse to budge? What happened when neither of them refuse to give an inch? You're gonna have not only a complete breakdown in communication, you're gonna have a breakdown in the relationship. That's just a fact of life. I mean, that's just, that's just fact, okay? (laughs) I read about this husband and wife who had a big fight, and she said, I'm right. And he said, I'm right. And they got in really one of those, you know, things uh, that, uh, depending what you call them at your house, uh, (laughs) we call them vigorous discussions. Uh, And and the wife really got, got so mad and so angry, so she went out to walk it off. And she went to walk on the beach, and as she walked on the beach, she kicked a bottle. And sure enough, to her utter amazement, a genie came out of the bottle. (laughs) And said, what can I do for you? Well, she had to think of something really big. I mean, really big. Well, she always had a desire to go to the Holy Land, but she was always fearful of flying. She doesn't like flying. I mean, she's totally terrified of flying. So... She said, very quickly, she thought, she said, I love to go and see the Holy Land, but I'm afraid of flying. Can you build a highway from here to Israel so I can drive to the Holy Land? And the genie thought for a minute and said, Well, I really don't think I can do that. She said, Okay. What else can I do for you? She said, Well, can you convince my husband that he's wrong? And the genie looked at her and said, Now... Do you want that highway one lane or two lanes? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, beloved. When you refuse to obey the voice of the Holy Spirit that is speaking to you, you are quenching the Holy Spirit. You are snuffing His voice. How does this work? When the Holy Spirit of God is calling you, to deal with something in your life. And He's so gentle, and He speaks to you very gently. And you hear that voice, and you keep on saying, no, 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 I'm not going to do this. Even though you might be polite and just ignore Him, rather than say no. <laughs> whether it be the area of finances, the tithe and the offerings that are withholding from God, whether it would be in, in some ungodly conduct in your life, and whether that be a, an area of the way you spend your time, whether it be in the area of serving and witnessing for Christ, whether it be in the area of your prayer life, whether it be in the area of a relationship that is not wholesome, that you need to get out of, wherever it may be, there are a hundred other ways that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, and what He points out in your life, you need, you need, you need, you need, you need, you need to stop, you need To do this, you need to do that, and you ignore him, and you ignore him, and you ignore him. What happens? Here's what happens that voice becomes faint, and more faint, and more faint, and more faint, and more faint, until you come to a point in your life when you don't hear him anymore. What have you done? You have quenched the Holy Spirit of God. You have quenched that voice of the Holy Spirit of God. I wonder if somebody here today who has long ago silenced the voice of the Holy Spirit in his or her life. So much so that you have become oblivious to the danger that accompanies a continuous quenching of the Holy Spirit. See, God is very patient. And because He doesn't act right away, we, we just keep going and said, Oh, God must be thinks that's all right. No, it's you have just silenced the only voice that you should be listening to. Please. Do not wait until you are facing a crisis in your life and then wake up to the fact that you have quenched the voice of the Holy Spirit. Repent now. Confess now. Invite Him to come back now. And then let Him fill you afresh every day. I want to give you a picture that will help you in your mind to understand this filling of the Holy Spirit. It is a picture of a sailboat where the sails are filled with wind. So much so that you're still on the boat, but you're not guiding that boat. You're not leading that boat. You are not deciding what direction or what speed that boat goes. So much so that you are not in control anymore. That's the filling of the Holy Spirit. That's what it means that you are not in control of the boat of your life, but the Holy Spirit is filling the sails of the wind and He's pulling you in His direction. He is taking you His way. And that is the only way, beloved. You're going to have a smooth sailing in life even when you get into rough waters. That way you are constantly being filled of the Holy Spirit. Constantly. You are following His direction, not yours. Constantly living by His power, not yours. Constantly you're relying on His strength, not yours. Constantly following His leadership and not yours. Otherwise, you can ask to be filled of the Holy Spirit 20,000 times a day and will not do you any good. What? As long as you insist on hoisting your sail in the opposite direction where the wind is blowing, you are dead in the water. The second condition for not being filled of the Holy Spirit is grieving the Holy Spirit. I told you both are different. Quenching and grieving are two different things. So what is this grieving of the Holy Spirit? You see, quenching is when you snuff The voice of the Holy Spirit that is speaking to you. He indwells you, therefore He's speaking to you. And then you snuff His voice out. Grieving the Holy Spirit is when you become disobedient to the Word of God. You know what the Word of God says, but you don't want to do it. You know what the Word of God is saying to you, but you refuse to obey it. Take a Christian, for example, who habitually living contrary to the Word of God. You notice I said habitually? I'm not talking about a Christian who's going along life's highway from one point of glory into another, and then he slips and falls. You get up and keep going. I'm talking about the person who habitually, habitually, there's a world of difference between the two, who habitually and continuously disobeying the Word of God. The person who is habitually and continuously Refusing to do what the Word of God says. And instead, they rationalize. They rationalize their sin. Hear me right on this one. Listen carefully. I can give you hundreds of examples. But the Bible said about the Holy Spirit that He is the Spirit of truth. And therefore, when you habitually lie, you are grieving the Holy Spirit. Because He is the Spirit of peace. When you habitually and constantly create strife and filled with anger, you grieve the Holy Spirit. And the list goes on. Here's the good news. 1 John 1.9 says, When we confess our sins, He is faithful to forgive us. Now, the tricky thing is the word Confess. Because a lot of people say, well, I confessed, you know, I confess. A lot of people confessing all the time. But their idea of confessing is just say, acknowledging, yes, i got this problem, and I'll keep, I will keep doing it. No, my best illustration is what comes from my life. And if I'm driving on the highway, and I miss my exit, I can sit in the car heading in the wrong direction and say, oh my gosh, I missed my exit, I missed my exit, but I keep driving. Now, that's not confession. <laughs> that's stupidity. What confession means, I need to get off in the next exit, turn around, and come back to to where I'm supposed to go. And that's exactly what confessing here means. It is active. It is not passive. It's not just just saying it. And then when you get back, moment by moment, moment by moment in your life, you ask the Holy Spirit to fill you to pull you in His direction, to lead you His way, and to guide you on His road. If there's Someone here today would say, Michael, well, how do I know that I am daily filled with the Holy Spirit? How would I know that? You know, I'm going to tell you a whole lot more in the next message but the evidence of the inner filling of the Holy Spirit. But I want to give you a quick answer to that question because it's a very important question. To know that you are filled with the Holy Spirit is to be so conscious of the presence of the Lord Jesus with you that you can even feel that you can touch Him, because the Holy Spirit has one purpose, and that's to reveal Jesus to us. You are conscious of the presence of the Lord Jesus, especially when no one else with you, especially in the times When nobody else is watching you, especially when no one else is seeing you, especially when no one else knows or would possibly know about what you're doing and the decisions you're making, when you're conscious of the presence of Jesus, His Word is gonna fill you. His thoughts will become your thoughts, His standards become your standards. His work becomes your work and your passion. His will becomes your will. And thus, you will truly find fulfillment and purpose in life. The River Nile is still there. Flows within its banks. But the flood is gone. The good news is that the flood can come back. All you need to do, is start removing these dams and reservoirs that you have built through many years of anger and hatred and bitterness and fear and anxiety and refusing to allow the Holy Spirit to have His way with you. And so the question is, do you want the flood of the Holy Spirit in your life? Do you want all the blessings that can flow from being filled of the Holy Spirit of God? The choice is yours. Some of you are listening to me. You're feeling dry, and your prayer life is meaningless and empty, and sometimes you feel like the earth is like iron, and heaven is like brass, and you've dried up. The flood is gone, the blessing is gone, because you either have quenched or grieved the Holy Spirit or both. Begin to remove those dams now. Father, I know that Your Word is power, and I know that my words can be empty and meaningless unless Your Holy Spirit has reached deep down in the minds and the hearts of Your children and brought them under conviction. And Father, I don't want You to bring us under conviction, but I pray that You will Help us to get off on this next exit, turn around, come back, repent, and then ask you to fill us, Holy Spirit, moment by moment of every day, to trust you, to be under your influence, not the influence of anything else. Oh, Holy Spirit of God, you are power, you are might, you are strength, and therefore we come to you with confidence that you can do the impossible. We surrender. We surrender to you in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message from Dr. Michael Youssef, recently featured on Leading the Way. If you'd like to know more about us, please visit ltw.org. That's ltw.org.